This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter. send you off in style we want to welcome you back home tell us all about it were you scared or was it fine mouth horn Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, Karen. Hello, Chris. How Did you have any adventures today? <laughs> no, no adventures. Um, well, I did. I um, finally got health insurance, not fancy like SAG health insurance, but I, I, which I was got used to and I liked it. But I just got an HMO just to have, you know, and I met my, I had an appointment today to talk to my doctor because there's a whole list of things that I feel like uh, I should be uh, checking on. It was conveniently right across the street in what I thought was an abandoned building for years, but there's a doctor in there. Oh, and, by himself? And, Just kind of in the corner? Yeah, no, one yeah. receptionist person, and then the doctor who, right when I walked in, she was yelling at someone and was looked very mean. <laughs> and <laughs> The right doctor away, herself? She, she was, I didn't get... Or the receptionist? Uh, the receptionist felt uh, like it was a hostage situation. She's oh. sweet, and I'm still worried about her. <laughs> um, there was a, a woman in there just bleeding that was, uh, I think, just got Im- like butt implants, and they were... Oh. I, they flipped around? I'm not a doctor, but this is going to get clinical, but why not? I think she was in pain, and I was concerned, and I asked her if she th- maybe thought it was infected. <laughs> Because uh, no one was helping her. And then it, uh. I was going before. I'm like, no, let her go first. That looks serious. They're like, no, your appointment's now. And they wanted <laughs> cash and, or check, two forms of payment from the 90s. And I, I don't carry cash. Maybe I should. I probably should. I got to stop you. You, you must. Please do. Please is it because this is boring so far? No. Okay. I ha- it's because I have a j- legit question. Mm-hmm. And then... What are, based on your answer, I may have a small anecdote. Okay, but thank you. <laughs> was the woman with the butt implants, maybe, that you were thinking maybe that was the problem, 
had her butt implants flipped around because that is a thing that happens to people that get butt, like cheap butt implants. They The implant itself flips and then there's like a flat, it basically looks like a big square in their pants. I The pre, oh, square pants. Yeah, she was not, Bob, she didn't have square the- pants. <laughs> she, I think did everything at once and the blood that I saw was on the sides of her <sighs> new boobs and that from what I could tell boobs from a distance and, and I'm, I'm not you know I'm not a creepy guy but it looks like they did an okay job I was just worried that she was groaning in pain and it, I'm not even trying to make light of it I was very worried that she'd no, gone, gone septic now is there a chance that you went to a ghost Kaiser I went to then I I was like well I just have an eye rash and some other things and the doctor came in she's like only one ailment per appointment. I could not mention a second thing. She didn't want to even hear it. <laughs> I started with eye rash. I was going to get to, I should have a camera in my BH. And she didn't, she's like, eye rash is it. And I, le- I left. I left. You should say, you know what you could say is, hey, you know what? You don't, it, I don't have to talk about it now. You can listen to my podcast and I'll just list them out on there. <laughs> because I get in depth. <laughs> I did it. I our guest today was pre med. I thought it'd be nice for her to brush up on her earlier oh, you're studies. Trying to, oh, mm-hmm. you're trying to open the door to maybe get diagnosed I, on I know, a Zoom. I'm just opening. I'm doing one of my classic sagging into the intro of today's guest, who I'm Please very do. excited about. She's done clubs and colleges throughout the country. I'm kidding. That's she's a very impressive person, and I'm very excited. For us to talk to her today. Uh, everyone, put your hands together for Brothy Gupta. Woo! Yay! Hi! Thank you for having me. Hi. I the lead up was good, but I think I sorry for the clunky introduction. Usually Karen takes the reins on those, but I thought I'd give it a stab. No, it was great. I really Thank liked you. it. What should I have done with this this poor woman in the waiting room? As a pre-med expert. Yes. As a pre-med expert, first of all. Um, I think you, uh, did the right thing, which was immediately offering medical advice, (laughs) which was immediately taking the role of a medical professional, (laughs) because that's the thing about, I think, being a doctor is the doctor in the room is the person willing to stand up. Right. (laughs) In any situation. In any situation. (laughs) Even when it's unsolicited, right? That's important. Especially when it's unsolicited. I've been meeting a lot of these types of doctors lately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also, I here's my solution for your um, for the like one ailment per appointment. You should yeah. have you should have a doctor on the podcast. Mm. I think you're right. Do we know any comedy doctors? Ken Jong, I guess. Um, Matt oh, yeah. Eisman, host of uh, oh. American Ninja Warrior. He was a doctor and then quit. To do comedy. And I thought, what are you, nuts? Remember, uh, Pete, my ex, used to be the cameraman for the home renovation show that he was a host of. He's a very nice person. Yeah, uh, he's very nice. He has uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and we did arthritis (laughs) shows together. Uh, That's another ailment on Chris's list of ailments. Yeah. He's going to fit him in the whole show. (laughs) I want you both to know, though, she was like, I need to go to a hospital. I'm like, uh, and I almost offered... I. I acted like I was going to, and then I realized I didn't want... It was the implant, the butt. I didn't want her sitting on my car. No, and what? And no. she, my car wasn't right there. She would have had to walk three <laughs> blocks to my house on her hurt butt. 
She lives in Elvira, but under the sea. <laughs> but it's okay because she got angry and stormed out and then out of our lives. Also, when you were, okay, when you were describing the implant flipping around or like turning <laughs> around in some capacity, I did immediately imagine that it like, I, I imagined the most unnatural version of that, which was the implant going around to the thigh. <laughs> 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 so that it kind of looks like you have two lumps in your lap when you're sitting yeah. down. <laughs> so a, a sort of a front butt is <laughs> what we're looking at. That's so disturbing. That's really upsetting. It's really upsetting. No, I don't recommend thinking about it. <laughs> no. Uh, my friends, when I lived in Austin, these screen printers, they were in a band called Front Butt. I just have to let you know. Wow. So yes. this is a thing. I <laughs> guess it is. These, these these things have been flipping for decades now. I mean, there's pictures you can go look up on the internet. Obviously, that's how I did it. I didn't see that in person. You can, anybody can see it because like all those plastic surgery gone wrong TV shows. Yeah. I mean, if, that, if one of those comes on like in a hotel or something, I have to watch the entire thing. And I normally like to pretend I'm above something like that or like I'd rather read a Jane Austen novel. But the truth is, if you show a person that tried to better themselves in this one way, they've decided they need improvement, yeah. which is often not what I see. Yeah. Like, a, it's that kind of thing where you're like, I don't, why are you so obsessed with this? It doesn't make sense. And then to have that vanity, like, like slap them in the face and then they have cubes on their ass. Yeah. yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> and now they have front butt. And now, now they have floater butt cheeks <laughs> that can go anywhere in their body. Yeah. Yeah, anywhere. I guess, I guess I sort of think of the body as uh, as like a skin bag. Mm-hmm. I guess you that's, have to. that's, yeah, I guess that's a lot of the problem here. <laughs> that, that was the problem in medical school. Yeah, that's, that's why I was like, oh, I can't do this. I was like, just push it down, push it down. <laughs> just flip it over to the side. Flip it over, It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I do recall in her final pleads with the doctor, uh, this this person was like, what is happening? What is happening, doctor? And I kind of feel like she's saying, hey, what's happening, doctor? Like, <laughs> she knows her already. But I think she was asking what was happening. She asked like three times. And the doctor would not look at her. And then she walked out. And that's when I left. I'm like, oh, this is like a scary doctor. This well, because- is a doctor, death doctor. Yeah. To me, that suggests that that doctor is the one who did the procedure that then went wrong. She's oh, a general that's what it feels like. That it's, and then it's who my insurance sent me to. I didn't choose her. It was like, that's the best of my group. I, I got to get new insurance. But Don't yeah, go back I, to that building. No. The, no. the student, the student, the, the patient knew the doctor from previous, yeah. Are you sure it was I'm a hospital sure. you went to? I am not at all. There was holes in the wall that only could have been punched. There was a door to the hallway to go to the examination rooms that had been bent the wrong way out of anger. And Uh then I read this doctor's reviews, and a lot of them are scathing. It was a doctor death situation. It was very, it's all kind of hitting me now. It was a scary day. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, that is scary. I'm glad I turned around and left, and I'm just worried about that poor lady. But Brothy, you were we, you. I. It was funny that uh, we were told that you you switched from pre med to writing, and yeah. so many lives were saved, which I laughed hard. <laughs> at that. 
No, truly, it's like a blessing for everyone. <laughs> and that was all it is it Wellesley? Wellesley College, yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about that school, but because it's named that, I feel like it's a very good school. Um, it is a very good school. And and you know, it's a it's a place everyone is really serious and academic. And mm-hmm. I used to be very serious and academic. And then when I got to the Wellesley campus, so my I was like wanting to do, you know, pre-med and I wanted to do public health. And I was like, the dream is to work at like the World Health Organization. And so I got to campus and I looked around for like one minute and I was like, no, they're going to do that. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) They'll they'll take care of it. Yeah, they'll take care of it. I get, I, you know what, say no more. I get exactly who I am here. (laughs) (laughs) You just needed that, you need perspective. I needed the perspective. how long... Where you basically, you kind of showed up thinking you would do pre-med and then Mm -hmm. immediately decided you're going to go in a different direction. Yeah. So I did pre-med for about a year and a half. And then I told my parents that, you know, I I think I want to be a writer. Uh, Specifically, I want to be a comedy writer. And my parents were like, you're not the right generation. Like, we're the immigrants. You do something like be a doctor and then your children can be clowns. (laughs) (laughs) You're skipping a generation. Yeah. My parents were like, that's not, this isn't supposed to be our problem. (laughs) This is supposed to be your problem. (laughs) You're going out of order. That's crazy. That's so specific and great. I love that. Where are your parents from? Um, They're both from India. And I grew up in Kentucky. I grew up right outside Cincinnati. And why did they choose to move there? Is it for work or was there anything specific that they... Yeah. Well, my dad is a physician. And so he was like, after he did his residency in Boston, he was um, wanting to like practice in sort of a low income area. And so then we moved to the middle of Kentucky. And then my parents Mm. really quickly were like, they realized they were like, oh, America's really racist. We forgot about (laughs) that. Yeah. We somehow forgot about that coming from Boston. <laughs> that highway must have been very long between was, Boston and <laughs> Kentucky to forget about racism. It was real long. It was really it was, long. Yeah, it was that it was that they were both hit very hard in the head by a racist. <laughs> <laughs> but did they stay? Did they make it work? Uh, we stayed in like truly like farmland, Kentucky for a few years and then moved up to like the greater Cincinnati area. Um, Cool. Yeah. And that's where they still are. The idea that they wouldn't think they'd get a comedy writer out of a situation like that. Like it, that's basically was one of your only options. It was my only option. (laughs) Yeah. It was absolutely Observe and report, please. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although I bet there's a lot of pressure to be a doctor when you, that's common if if there's doctors in your family, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, and um, like, I remember they were so upset that I wanted to be a writer. And one time my mom said, she like, called her and she, her version of hello was just like a deep sigh. And then she said, (laughs) you were the grandchild that your grandfather wanted to become a doctor. And I was like, bullshit. (laughs) They've never talked about that. Why would my grandpa say that? (laughs) He was like, he was like asking more interesting questions. (laughs) Or he was like, he was like, what's up? America's weird. 
Like he's he wasn't he wasn't like that is the grandchild that will become a doctor. He was he kind, was he, like I've seen it. I've seen it in a vision. I had yeah. a dream last night, and did this you, is what must happen. Did you yeah. call her on it? Were you like, no, he didn't. You're making that up. Grandma I tried to. I tried to, yeah. but I'm also terrified of my mom. She's very smart and funny, which means that she is very mean. Mm-hmm. And in but a way, that's true. <laughs> if she's funny, then she had to understand then that you wanted to be a comedy writer. Part of it's also her fault. Yeah. Also, yes. pointing back to Why were you exactly. so funny my whole life? Don't be funny to me if I'm not <laughs> yeah. supposed to be funny. I learned it from you watching it. you, shoebox <laughs> exactly. of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I just wow. throw back a whole bottle of Advil. Um, <laughs> yeah, she is very funny. And she, well, she was always kind of like, like while she was trying to talk me out of this, she was like, why can't you just be funny? Just like be a be funny, a funny friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when doctors have jokes. I'm not defending her, but it's a great time for comedy. It's and a great time for comedy. Airline well, pilots, when stakes are high, bring the comedy. <laughs> but that is a very relevant question because I lately have had that idea where I was like, in my mind, there was never a question of what I wanted to do. Yeah. And it was very much like this weird kind of like, oh, the I that was my calling legitimately. But only very recently, I was just like, but why did I have to do it to this degree? Why couldn't I just... It's, it's like an intense commitment. It's, an, it's a very salient point to be like, but in the smaller pond of being like, you know, even like just an amazing accountant, that's also the most fun at parties. That's a victory in and of itself. Like, yeah. why does it have to be official? Yeah, she was just like, why do you have to make it a whole thing? <laughs> Stop making everything a whole thing. It's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you don't understand my art. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, what art? You've never written. <laughs> <laughs> you put on a, a black beret and storm off. Yeah. yeah. I teach her a little something about society. Yes, exactly. Since it's spoken word. Uh, were you able to stay at the same school? They had so it's like a pre-med and they have a liberal arts. Yeah, it's part? like it's a liberal arts school. So I could like very easily switch That's over. Awesome. Yeah. So I ended up majoring in English and uh it was super fun. It was also it I do think that there was some merit to being funny in a place where everyone is really smart because right. a lot of the times then the professors felt like they could kind of relax around me because yeah. they were like, you're not trying to like, you're not going to outsmart us. You're not even going to meet us. So <laughs> <laughs> this is like, nice. We just, it, it, this dynamic is exactly what it's supposed to be. You're a weird child and I'm a grown up. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear you say, because that my dad always told me my plan B could be if comedy ended up not working out, which he was supportive of. But he, he said the other option is to get a normal job like he worked in government and he was, he was funny all the time. That's how he showed power over people is that he was sarcastic and funny and it would like intimidate. He did it in a certain way. It was It's a style yeah. of comedy. But uh, he always told me like, or you could get a regular job and be funny there. But primarily he wanted me to keep doing comedy, which is, yeah. I'm lucky to have that kind of support. But Yeah, that's uh, really nice. It, you finished school like not that long ago, right? Was it? In 2016. 
Yeah, and you're because you what you've done already. I just is a list of things that intimidate me, like McSweeney's. And just the name of that college, I didn't know and uh, what anything <laughs> about it. I knew that college. That uh, that name intimidates me. And uh, and Chris, you can go there if you want to. Yeah, I can. Like, I think it's actually, all, all girls. All girls. It is a women's. Is it college. all girls? It's, it is yeah. a women's college. Are we not supposed to say all girls? <laughs> all, I don't know. All female. I don't know. All female. <laughs> I don't know. Either like, way, we're all getting in trouble. <laughs> All girly girl, real, oh, little God. tiny girls, the well, little tiny ones that go to cl- that go to school because they're so smart. I'm glad we're talking about the this in these terms. Yeah, it's a college. It's a college for the daintiest, tiniest girls. Yes, you have to walk around campus with books on your head, balancing books on your head the entire yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people love fucking college on the East Coast. They love to. They love it. Like it's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, Whereas people I really... think in California, it's a little less, um, it's a little more loosey-goosey out here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. People are just like, maybe if you went to Stanford. And in Montana, it's like, I guess I'll go to college. I lost my really good job at the paper mill. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just the a paper mill. affordable plan B. <laughs> but you kept showing up to the paper mill. <laughs> I like the smell. I secretly was just nonchalantly sniffing glue. You <laughs> pick up raw paper and like, if only there were a bunch of words on this that would teach me something. Yes. I would <laughs> be amazing. What if I found these? Yes. I just wanted Filled to get on the, the ground floor of bookmaking. Not the writing. <laughs> I like the construction of books. The binding. You know what the I like? binding. And f- fully and sincerely, I just watched a video the other day of someone doing bookbinding and that one last thing where they the huge paper cutter comes down yes. to cut like all the pages at once. Ooh, that feels good. Yeah. Oh. Mm, just like cutting that whole... And it's like, so smooth. It's so yes. smooth. Yep. And sometimes it's curved. How do they do that? Was that in the video <laughs> where it's curved? <laughs> Oh, like uh, old, old books? I'll just keep doing this with my hand because that makes <laughs> yeah. for good podcasting. <laughs> Curved. Vermicular. Curved. Like if the implant stayed in the right yeah. direction. Curved. <laughs> right. Curved around. Right. Yeah, you're describing, you're describing a beautiful woman. You're not describing <laughs> yeah. a paper cutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, she's, you're right. I was doing the figure eight with both hands. Uh, while going hubba hubba. Uh, sorry, guys. He I, loves bookmaking. He said he loved it. He, I yeah. like pushing the envelope today or saying <laughs> the wrong thing. So what happened after you graduated from college? Let's let's get the whole storyline, your yeah, whole origin it, story. Yeah, it's happened so quickly, it seems. Yeah, so I after I graduated college, I, like, two weeks later moved out to L.A., um, and I applied to a million assistant jobs and they all said, no, thank you. And they were correct too. <laughs> um, I, it would not be good at that, but it's I, hard. it's, yeah, it's really hard. It's like a, you have to be like organized and, and I, you have to be smart to yep. do that. Um, oh, big time. Yeah. yeah. And so then I, uh, I became a nanny and I love kids. So it was super, super fun. Um, I nannied a seven year old boy who was like so sweet. And then there was like one day where I was like, should I, maybe I'll like put in some effort. And I asked him, I was like, do you want like a play date with your friend? And he looked at me and said, want to just sit and chat? (laughs) I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Sit and chat? What was they wearing about? a suit and tie? <laughs> it, my favorite thing is that like then when we did you know, sit down to have a chat. He was like, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> it was up to you. He's a yeah. gentleman. <laughs> Classy. I, yeah, I remember, I was greeted at the door of a house, a party I went to, and it was a, a 10-year-old kid, and he said, can I get you anything to drink? He just meant water, <laughs> but it was, <laughs> it seemed like the most, I love, oh, kids, when they say grown-up things, it's the best. It's, it's so funny because, I mean, when now, if you talk to like a five or six year old, like those are pandemic kids. Like they learned mm. all of their social interaction at home with adults. And yep. so like my friend, her daughter, uh, like went to preschool in person for the first time. And it was reported back to her after the first day that apparently she like went around saying, may I play with you? and my friend was like that's so scary (laughs) fully recoiling yeah the the children were like you know not looking some of them just like took off their shirt (laughs) because that's what children do (laughs) it's this is so interesting because one of my biggest concerns other than elderly people in care not being visited because of covid was little kids not being able to play and go outside and yeah. and get in trouble and ride bikes and blow stuff up with fireworks. But what if statistically it means that it is the highest performance that two year in the developmental stage, <laughs> the people that are homeschooled, we just find out that it makes these geniuses. Yeah, yeah it's called the polite generation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just really good conversationalists just that are really, very generous yeah. and very emotionally intelligent. Well, yeah. my neighbor, my neighbor's kid is five, and he is the same exact way. Where I saw him, like right outside the garage, and he was like, he said to me, he was like, "You have to come over," and I was, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "What? What do you mean?" And he was like. We've got a lot of toys. You got to see them. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, get oh, your ass okay. over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, there is a couch with your name on it. <laughs> Girl, sit down and spill it. <laughs> well, it makes sense to me because I think little kids, especially that age, like five and six, adult attention is, is like kind of hard to come by sometimes. So when there's yeah. like... When you can give a kid focused attention and literally like have a conversation or make them tell you a story or whatever, that is like, they love that the most, right? Yeah. I mean, like there's some kids are like, get away from me, Minecraft or whatever. But there's definitely those kids that are like, yeah, I would love like an adult to basically give me the floor and I get listened to the way I have to listen to you assholes all day long. That's how I always felt as a kid where I'm just like, yeah, yap, yap. I've got some good shit to tell you about what happened at school today. Like, let's <laughs> yeah. wrap it up. It's my turn. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny, that age, they're also like putting on kind of adult behaviors and they're sort of trying things out. So like, I have another friend who, because in LA, you have to like interview or like temp at preschool before you get in. Um, (laughs) But uh, she like took her daughter to like a kindergarten interview and her daughter right out the gate told the interviewer, girl, I love your shoes. 
<laughs> in. That, yeah. That. I mean, what more do and you then, want from a child? I know. And then everyone started laughing and then immediate tears. Everyone's laughing at me. Everyone's laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, like when kids are all excited, <laughs> it's their birthday and the cake comes and they're about to blow out the candle and everyone sings and they just burst into tears. <laughs> There's entire, that's like series of, of YouTube videos that I've watched. Like, it's really I don't, true, though. I that, don't like, like this attention from this Well, Yeah, people. you think you want the attention because yeah. it's like mm-hmm. when the birthday cake is coming at you, you're in a dark room. Suddenly someone turned out all the lights. No one's yeah. looking at you. Everyone's looking at the cake. And then the cake slowly gets brought to you until it's right under your face. And then everyone's staring at you now and what you're going to do with this cake. Yeah, well, you're illuminated by flame. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's hot. <laughs> Suddenly it's hot and all the it's children hot. crowd in on either yeah. side of you. It's sinister. And then it's adults sinister. sing the most poorly written song in musical history. <laughs> no one wants to hear it. No one no. wants to sing it. No, no. Uh, Only TGI Fridays was smart enough to write a new one. <laughs> And yet we all sing the worst song in history next to a couple songs by Third Eye Blind. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Take that, Third Eye Blind. (laughs) I feel the same way, but about our national anthem. Yeah, I think it's Mm -hmm. the worst. Like, do not expect a group of people to hit (laughs) and the rockets red glare. Like, we, We just as a country are revealed to be awful singers because suddenly we're all having to sing this very complicated song. It's a hard, it's hard it's to sing. Hard I've song. seen amazing singers mess it up. Yes. It's it's all over the map. It's like way to, it starts down here. And then <laughs> it's nuts. So it's nuts. And also, like my favorite moment is when like the panic starts to set in of we started too high. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's Have I bad. experienced that? Yeah. Lately at my nearby karaoke stop. Uh, you just, <laughs> Where you do the national anthem. And it sounds good. <laughs> Followed by, and if people love that, happy birthday is right behind it. Yeah, yeah. The one-two punch. And I don't even attempt it. When I see how high it's going, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I tried. Cut it. I just stop. You don't switch stop. into your head voice and go, no, no, I go into, immediately into interpretive dance, which no one expects. I... Honestly, you guys have to look up, or if you haven't seen it, you may have seen it already. You know who can sing a perfect national anthem is Jack Black. And he, there's a video of him on YouTube doing it. And I think it's the early 2000s, probably. It was a while ago. And he's doing it at the beginning of a basketball game for a basketball team I've never seen before. So perhaps not a California team. Um, Was it the MTV Rock and Jock B-Ball Jam? (laughs) <laughs> no, Just no, I think it was a Sorry. real game. Sorry. But you have to see it because he, well, he has that range, but he sings it because he, you know, was a really good singer and he was in a lot of yeah. musicals in high school and stuff. He fucking nails it. Like, and the crowd is so relieved. Like, there's yeah. not <laughs> deep discomfort where no one's had enough beer yet to yeah. not feel yeah. when somebody's suffering under. Mm-hmm. Like, that really is, people feel that pain when, even when it's even slightly off a little bit. They, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. It's really Why hard. Why do they do it? And then they take it to the court and it affects team play. Yes. That yeah. you can't start it by witnessing pain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why the do they do it? The fundamentals go right out the goddamn yeah. window. 
I want a band singing all together. I just turned to the, the dad from Footloose. <laughs> it's bad for sports. Uh, it gets everybody everyone, all riled up. It gets everyone, and then and then they're just bummed out. So they're just like now dribbling and walking across the court. Yeah. They're Sad, like, "What's just, the fucking point?" Sad oh, my legs are so heavy. Yeah, exactly. Suddenly. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah, nothing sadder than a, a crying man dribbling. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just, you just got to run the clock out, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you're yeah. like, we all we all started off, like that singer is still here. <laughs> and it's really, it's really drained the energy out. What if you fucking like just ate shit trying to sing the national anthem at a national sport game and then you had to go sit in your seat like in the row two? <laughs> Yeah. And just fucking sit there like you love it for an hour knowing that you basically started it off wrong yeah. and everyone like blames you for the bad energy. And then you're just like, here I am in my, the ribbons in my hair, like yeah. <laughs> big smile. Now I'm going to have some fun. Oh. The camera keeps zooming in on you and showing you on the screen so everyone could shake their heads remembering how you yeah. sang terribly. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and then the headline the next day just says, like, <laughs> weird energy on court. <laughs> like, weird, weird energy, energy settling. Ruins game. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone a little off. <laughs> a failed attempt at patriotism. <laughs> I, I, another thing that I only know smart people to be involved with is McSweeney's. How, how did that happen? Was that? Oh, I just started like submitting stuff to them when I was in college, and then eventually, and then eventually, one stuck. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I wore them out. <laughs> How many did you submit? Over a hundred? Less than five? Um, Over fifteen? Less than five. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got. She's a, she's a Wellesley girl. <laughs> I'm a Wellesley girl. <laughs> Uh, Wellesley, dainty little Wellesley lady. I'm the tiniest girl you've ever yeah. seen. But don't worry, she has good posture. She can still type. And good, good pomp, yeah, pomp have, and circumstance. I have three McSweeney's anthologies on my head that I balance. Yep. Someday, and it's like through <laughs> osmosis, you get there. Um, yeah, so I just started. I just started submitting from college, and then, um, and they wait. Did so not... wait, what the first one you got in? Just what was that like? Was it, was it out of the blue? Did you feel? Did you know anybody there? Were you just like blind submitting? And I was just and blind doing submitting. your best. Yeah, I was just That's blind great. submitting. And how do they let you know? Do they email you? Yeah, they emailed, and they were like. Uh, we like this. <laughs> Fucking finally. <laughs> um, <laughs> all your other pieces were dog shit. <laughs> I'm not kidding, though. When I moved here, other than someone being a, a lampoon, but I, I don't even know enough about it to talk about it. In the lampoon or going to Emerson or something like that, I, 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 there would always be people going like, that person's written for McSweeney's. And everyone's like, oh, it, it's yeah. like such a big deal. It really is. So you get this email and what do you quietly smile to yourself and go about your business? Yeah. Do you turn to someone and scream, I fucking told you I'm out of here? Like, how, what? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Give me the moment that you I, got that news. Yeah, it's I huge. torched the building I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> you match over the shoulder as you walk away putting on sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was, I mean, I was super excited. I was like, because it was, you know, my first time being published. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was just, it was very exciting. And I, and I called my parents and told them. And then, and the thing about, my parents really humble me a lot because they were like, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) You're like, can you trust me that it's really good and a very big deal? (laughs) And then, um, well, actually my mom's, my mom's whole thing was, she was like, if you get published by like the New Yorker before you graduate, then I'll like believe in this thing. And it did happen to the day one week before I graduated. So I was Are like just under the wire. Yeah. Was, that's, <laughs> was that uh, just a coincidence or was that a goal of yours and then it, it happened? It wasn't, it wasn't really a goal of mine, but it was, it was very funny because the, um, the editor for the humor section like reached out to me because she had read some of my McSweeney stuff by then. And she was like, I don't know if you'd at all be interested in writing for us. And I was like, can you imagine if I had emailed back? No, I'm good. Thank you. No, I'm not, I'm not that into your cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> Start coloring those in, then I'll do something. Yeah, yeah. I don't like your black and line art, oh, yeah. art, artwork. <laughs> you send them you clip out some Garfields and like the, yeah. you know take take a hint from this color yeah. palette. <laughs> yeah, I say why is this why is this cat a winner? <laughs> Cuz he's this orange a, and we yeah. all know it. <laughs> this is why you will never see Garfield in fucking therapy like all of your animals are in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only John is in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> that poor um, guy. That poor guy. He really deals with a lot. I think yeah, he does. He really deals with a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's up against it for sure. I always thought he's kind of a creep. It always seems like he's uh, lusting after nurses. And I feel like John had, he was like a weird guy. Well, he's a cat guy. Yeah, yeah. right. There are those cats. Hey, wait, I'm a cat guy. Uh-oh. I was I was about to agree, and then I remembered I like cats. <laughs> Wait, I have to turn the the light in here on because it it's slow. The sun's going down. Hold on. I but it did the sun suddenly dip in the ocean because all of a sudden it just was dark. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, we've been recording during magic hour. Yeah, and it's and it, what a magic hour it's been. This is when it all happens. We're losing light, people. Let's speed it <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. Where's the first we AD only, on this thing? Yeah, we only get one shot at this. We only get one shot at this, guys. No one flub your lines from here on out. So, what what is the environment? You now work at the Simpsons, and you work there today. What happened? Tell us some stories. (laughs) I mean, it's the most fun job I've ever had. I'm having just like the best time. Yeah, honestly, the the gossip is lovely job. (laughs) Really nice time. (laughs) Really, really nice people. And every day has felt like uh, I'm a -a Make-A-Wish kid. That's so great. (laughs) What season is it? Right now, the season that's airing is 34. Yeah. Oh, wow. Isn't Homer Simpson 34 years old? He is I don't know. 38. I was just trying to, 
<laughs> really? He's, he's 38. Um, yeah. So he was he was actually four when he first turned 38. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it, man. Think Isn't about trippy? it. <laughs> so trippy. Um, just yeah, like go to sleep sounds... out of stress. I mean, I know you just met me, but good job. Uh, <laughs> Graduating in 2016, like what have I, especially in the last two years, if I think of what I've done in the time that you've done all this, it's let's just not talk about it. I'm just saying good job. Oh, that, thank that you. That happened so fast for you. It, I mean, I am incredibly lucky. Like they, it happened because I just had a lot of people in my corner and my first few years in LA, I almost exclusively made friends with people over 40. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really know why or how that, you know what? Actually, it happened because the mom of the kid I nannied, she and I got really close and she's also a TV writer. Um, and so then she like introduced me to all her friends. And as a result, like I would say the median age of my engagement party was like 65. Oh, that's terrific. <laughs> it's perfect. My, my, I have my, same with me, but for different reasons. It's because I started golfing. I have a lot of older friends. Oh, now. yeah. <laughs> How often do you golf? Oh, I'm not as much as I used to, but three or four times a week, like I got addicted to it. And then my skateboarder friends are like 18 to 24. It's just, I think it's important <laughs> to have that many friends, but... Full range, yeah. Yeah, that's a good range. But you should pair them up. I don't think up. it's luck, even though you met those people. It sounds like the, the fact that you kept submitting, I think most comic, or what I'm afraid of personally, is being told you're not good enough or hearing, I, I create my own obstacles because I'm so scared to get shot down that I've, that's what's kept me from doing that. Yeah. It sounds like you weren't scared to do that. I will say that, like, I, I've i never really, obviously, like, rejection is a, a bummer um, because it's re- rejection. <laughs> but yeah. um, <laughs> I, I really wasn't, like, afraid of rejection. And I think it was because early on, like, my parents were so mad at me <laughs> that it was like, <laughs> what, you're going to reject me? My mom just did. <laughs> you're not going <laughs> to... You're not going to like meet her level. You're not going to get up there in terms <laughs> of rejection. Right. That's funny. That lines up perfectly because I had both my parents' full support and approval when I went into comedy. So they believed in me. So why should I, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I do think that the kind of the special sauce was that my parents were like mean to me some of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I mean... Th- there, there's really something to be said for that idea that you went in thinking you were going to have one plan, right? And then seeing it, feeling it, knowing it isn't right, calling it early enough, taking the heat early enough. Because that's a huge fucking deal when you have like legacy doctor shit in your family. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure. And there's also that kind of thing. Nobody in my family expected me to do anything. Like they were just like, hopefully you know, hopefully she'll get through college and I didn't. But um, <laughs> but it's that idea of like, you have to you have to know what's right. Re- like when I went to college and I was just kind of like a theater major, I was just like, I fucking hate this and I hate school. None <laughs> of this feels like it's what I should be doing. 
And then I got kicked out for having a bad, a really low GPA. And that's, and I was like, I'm going to turn this around by doing stand-up comedy, which is like the <laughs> worst solution. Like, this is a non-solution. <laughs> and now that's your advice. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, but what it, my advice is like, know your gut well enough to not force yourself to do something that you know for a fact isn't going to give you that like life energy thing. Yeah. And for me, listening to you talk about that, it's just like, you just did the thing of like, you took all that doctor pre-med energy and laser focused it toward comedy writing. Yeah. You know what? That's I think that's exactly what I did. Because I also like, I didn't start writing comedy. I was like, you know, I was always a fan of comedy and I really liked, you know, to be funny and, um, which as a teenager, exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> that Ugh. sucks. When a teen <laughs> wants to be funny, that sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's very national, um, national anthem going bad vibes. It's very <laughs> national anthem going poorly, <laughs> but it won't stop. It just won't stop. And, yeah. and, and the singer thinks it's going amazing. But um, yeah, I, you know, I think a a couple of things, I realized that the thing that I was studying, you know, doing pre-med, going to med school, I would then have to become a doctor. And (laughs) I was like, I don't think I want to do that. Which, you know, again, if, if you're not like passionate about being a physician, people could die. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. And, stakes are high. Yeah. And I've only killed two people doing comedy. Right. Um, right. I promised I wouldn't bring that up. <laughs> Your past murders. Yeah. Well, it's water under the bridge. Yeah, exactly. They didn't have We're witnesses. all over it. We're over it. Yeah. Um, it was fine. But yeah, I, I think, Karen, you're exactly right that, that I used a lot of that energy. I used all of that energy towards like, teaching myself how to write comedy because I yeah. I started writing comedy like my first jokes and my first like comedy pieces nine years ago. And I was every single night I was after I was done with all of my like pre-med homework, um, I would go sit in the library until 1 a.m. And every mm-hmm. single night I would write for at least three hours. And so wow. I have pages of garbage. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It sucks so hard. Uh, those those now double as my suicide note. <laughs> no, but you have to have that shit at the beginning, right? It's almost yeah. like you have to get that, you have to clear that out. You have to practice it. I mean, that's also amazing because I think you just kind of applied that like how, like the seriousness and how to succeed in school to a thing that, I think a lot of people, I, I know for myself, writing is difficult in that way where it is so much about discipline and it is so much about getting out of the yeah. way and just being like, here, t- tell me, oh muse, what is going to come next and getting out of the way. But we all tell ourselves there's creativity or this or you have all your processes and you get all ego about it. But it's like that journeyman approach, like, you know, you, you've kind of proven that to be where it's just like, yeah, put in Thank the you. Malcolm Gladwell style hours because that's what it yeah. takes. That's what I was, I, I guess at the time I was like, what if I did the 10,000 hours today? Wow. <laughs> 
And so all in one day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it made several mathematicians kill themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything you want to plug or oh, how about the short film, the Billy Meets Lisa Simpson short? Did you write that? Um yeah, I was part of a, a group of people who wrote that. Oh, okay. Um yeah. I just looked for it and I couldn't find it. So I wondered if it had come out or how how do you watch it? Yeah, that's on Disney Plus. <laughs> Would oh, love okay. to take this time to plug Disney Plus. You can get the bundle. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, you go 59 dollars <laughs> Promo code Brothy. Get in there. Yeah. Get your discount. Yeah. <laughs> Promo code and then then I just give my password. <laughs> <laughs> which is your mom's password which is my on, mom's password yeah, yeah. <laughs> um what do i want to plug well my good friend dylan galula who is super super funny um she and i co-host a podcast called lecture hall where it's on it's impossible to find it's only on patreon <laughs> and we spend what? a lot of so the the objective of the show was always that we like we each learn something new and then teach it to the other person. Um, it That's great. That's a great idea. It, thank you. Um, I do a poor job of it. I do a really <laughs> bad job. I'm on the Wikipedia page during recording. Um, so if you want to learn stuff, I don't really recommend it. But if you want to have, if you want to hear, um, if, if you want more of this energy, I guess... <laughs> Head over to Patreon. Did I do they a good will. job plugging? Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> Amazing I, plug. It was voted one of the 15 best educational podcasts to expand your mind by Oprah. Oh, Oprah oh, herself. Yeah. Oprah, Oprah herself. Yeah, yeah she's I a mean, huge a, fan of the podcast. That's another. <laughs> she loves to learn. <laughs> she loves to learn. All kinds of learning. Daily. Yeah, she, <laughs> it did get, it got bad enough because Dylan is the one who like, she really prepares and then during the podcast, I'll sometimes just be like, well, what do you want to know about this thing? Mm. <laughs> and then just kind of look it up as we're, as we're talking. So wait, what kind of things have you taught each other so far? So we have taught each other about like our um, most recent episode. Oh my gosh. What did we teach each other? About? I don't. Okay, trust so you don't have thing. a podcast. I, I don't, don't have, have a podcast. <laughs> I don't have a podcast. The Patreon link is actually a front for another Disney Plus plug. <laughs> <laughs> All the Patreon money goes straight to Disney. Yeah, You're really concerned. Disney- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's keep them in business, guys. It's a really good cause. I'm yeah. I'm really fighting for this cause. Um, it's Disney Plus. <laughs> um. <laughs> They've struggled for no, too long. No, what did we? Yeah. And I just <laughs> want to show my appreciation. My appreciation for the mouse. Nice. It is so hard to remember what you podcast about. My sister I know. That's, listens. That's a good trick question, actually. My, my sister is always like mentioning things that we just talked about, and I have no memory. I for don't. real? Anytime that happens, someone goes, oh, your your conversation, you got whatever the most recent one was. My friend Jason is like my stage mother and listens to every episode. He was like, (laughs) that conversation was great. I literally sat there like staring into space. Like I couldn't think of one thing to talk about. We're like, how was it great? As soon as we log off, I take a nap or just crawl into (laughs) a whiskey bottle. Yeah, He's he's 
tell, uh, telling you about your latest episode and you're just kind of like foaming at the mouth. Yeah, just like, what? Silently. I did? What did I say? <laughs> um, All right, great plug. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So everybody yeah. go listen. Yeah, <laughs> go yeah, listen yeah. to so, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bro, you're the, you're the best. Thank you. You guys are the yeah. best. Thank you so much for having me on. Also, I just figured out what the latest thing we taught each other was. But Sarah, oh, um, yeah. okay. She taught me... Us. Okay, she taught me about um, monogamy and animals, and <laughs> <laughs> I taught her about Hands Across America. <laughs> oh my god, I was like ten years old when that happened. It wasn't I like the craziest it. thing. What a wild concept! Yes, insane, pointless. Also hard to track back then because that was back when there was only three channels. So I I remember asking my parents of like, hey, when's this going to be on? And they're like, we don't know what you're talking about (laughs) because there would be commercials for it during like cartoon time when we would come home from school and like watch cartoons for a while. And they'd be like, hands across. And there was a whole song (laughs) and they would like, they promoted it like you could go participate in it. But then there was no word about like, where's, how, what's the local chapter? Like, where do we meet at the library? Like, <laughs> yeah. it was it was presented as like, guys, we've got a plan as a nation. We're all going to go hold hands. But then that was, there was no follow-up in my life. Yeah, it seems that risky. That's risky behavior. I remember the song. <laughs> I remember the logo. I, have no, I, had, I still don't know what it is. You actually go outside and hand, hold hands with the whole town. And yeah, that and chain across you, America. Yeah, and you had to pay uh, $10 for your place in the, oh, in the line. And they were- was getting rich? So they, it was Walt supposed Disney. to be like, a, yeah. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> paid for their own Disney Plus subscription. But um, <laughs> they said they were like, we're going to make like $50 million for like, uh, to combat like poverty and homelessness in the U.S., um, they did not make that much money. <laughs> they mm-hmm. made like $10 million, like if even. And I think the, like the birth of the idea was that a guy who was involved with We Are the World just like said, he just said out loud, what if everybody held hands across the country? <laughs> and then someone was like, that sounds so impossible that it's possible. And then they, <laughs> which is like, so two insane people said insane sentences at each other and then made it everyone else's problem. The And if you wrote those down and you put them into a stoner movie, there would be two perfect stoner lines for people who just got really high exactly. to say to each other and then and take it seriously. Like, how could drugs not have been involved in that plan? Yeah. Where it's like how just I used to think about it so much because I lived in the North Bay in the in near San Francisco, the Bay Area. But I was like, how are we gonna like my cousins live in Millbrae and we live up in Petaluma, but there's no way this chain is going like it's not going north, south, east, and west. Like they're yeah. gonna ha- it can only be one line. So like yeah. where yeah. would everybody yeah. meet? Yeah, there's all these rivers and lakes and stuff. How do you deal with that? <laughs> well, Some of the people the will be on boats. They also didn't account for, like, the desert. Right. <laughs> I mean, we'd it would have to go up. It would basically have to st- start in, like, southern Oregon <laughs> to go across through Wyoming. Because if you go anywhere above that or below it, you're either boiling hot or freezing cold. Yeah. Right? You'd have to go straight through the middle. Yeah. I actually want to map this out now. <laughs> and now I, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to give you $5 for Patreon and listen to this goddamn episode. <laughs> yeah. <now. laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you're going to have to do that. And I'm so right? sorry in advance. It was the perfect, no, this is perfect marketing. You've, you've dangled just enough information where now I have to go get the rest of it. Amazing. That podcast is called Lecture Hall. Yes, the podcast is called Lecture Hall. So what did I say? Okay, it's impossible to find. It sucks. And it's called Lecture Hall. (laughs) Tune in now. Three main points. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Brothy, for being on. Thank you, guys. Yes, it was great to meet you. And it was actually great to hear. I've been pronouncing your name in my head from Twitter incorrectly. So now I know how to say it correctly. And I'm really excited. We have cheat code. our our information sheet has the correct pronunciation, so it's not like I'm smarter than Karen. I just read the thing. <laughs> Thanks. I don't want to take credit. Thank you for being honest. I thought you guys were like old buddies. Oh, yeah. I still like back to call in the day and make sure it was Chris a thi sound. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but thank you for being on. You've yeah, been it was terrific. great to meet you. Oh, so thank fun. you guys. It was so lovely to meet you. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D Y N A R. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Mixed by John Bradley. Our talent booker is Patrick Kotner. Theme song by Karen Kilgareth. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dinar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Honk, honk. We used to honk. (laughs) (laughs) Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.